grain. I always wear this bucket hat when I'm directing. Podcast. Discord. Patreon. Spike Jones sucks bad. Rub Vaseline on the lens. I don't make movies, I make films. Why do we have to see his exactly. fucking name in the movie? This is a film. These guys are liberal filmmakers. They cannot be trusted. Fassbender. We are a creative. We get it. Instagram. As a filmmaker, he is nothing. A zero. He's a, a pig piece of shit. Let the creative people talk to the money people. Anything by Cassavetes. Gritty New York City. What, no Q&A? If, like, the sound is off in the theater, I could go mentally ill. I was right. obsessed with trash. The movie's trash, you know? The internet? straight didn't exist, bro. <laughs> like, you don't even get it. Never make a movie. Doritos bags look mad different. Pro Packer. Final Cut Pro. Celsius Kiwi Guava Sparkling Energy Drink. I, I'm crazy about sound. My turquoise American Spirits. You're making a serious ass movie. You are a creative, we get it. Steven Sonnenberg's songs, anyway. Joe Schmo did the fucking food. There's a whole group of guys who pretend to be making special films. We got Ion We got Tony Hawk is in the house. Let the creative people talk to the money people. M. Night Shalaman. We were watching Mean Girls. I'm my fucking line producer, Trust Fund, baby. Wes Anderson sucks. Spike Young sucks, man. And you'll never make it in this business. James Gray sucked. Rub Vaseline on the lens. Josh Sapke. But it's time to admit you are a fan of the Iron Pack. We love the Iron Pack. Reduced black ratio. Make out with girls. Give me brackage. If, like, the sound is off in the theater, I, I go mentally ill. Don't crop out the IV drip. Wow, dude. This is epic. All right, yo, what the fuck is really good, everybody? We're here with Jonah Hill. This the is the most unbelievable peak of the Ion Pod. We should retire after this. Yeah. No way, man. You're just getting started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just getting started. Yeah, we're here Can with... Can we describe what... Can the I scenario. Start? Can I talk also? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was okay, so well, can they see this too? Yeah. We're yeah oh, right, filming. right. Okay. Yeah. So there's an IV yeah. that I'll, I'm I'll doing pan. right now. Yeah. There's an IV. I'm hooked up to an IV. I'm here in New York for my sister's play. She's in Funny Girl. Buy your tickets now. And uh, I only had like an hour between like schlepping around doing shit for my family to see the guys and I was like I can't in earnest ask you over while I'm <laughs> while I'm doing a vitamin drip but then we started making fun of it and I was telling you telling you a story when I was 24 I have a lot of funny Kanye stories but when I was 24 was the first time I was going to direct a video it's happened three times where I developed for a month at a time a video that never got made yeah. and our first meeting on the first video he had his barber cutting his hair while we were, <laughs> while we were, 
uh, doing the business meeting. <laughs> and then when I wrote for Sasha Baron Cohen when I was around that age too, he would get manicures in the writer's room. <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious. So I was like, you know what? Maybe we'll just like make a joke out of it. And yeah. we'll, I, we weren't even going to do a podcast. We were just going to hang out. And hang I was like, it. actually, get the podcast yeah. shit. Let's do it while I have my yeah. stupid drip. I think, I think it's bossed up. I mean, it's a, it's cool. It is cool. I mean, it's hilarious that I'm so old now. I'm 30, or like not old, actually old, but like, like I literally need a vitamin drip to socialize for a week in New yeah. York, you know? Like it's not from being hungover. It's yeah. from socializing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'm a big fan. You guys know that. I'm stoked Same to here. be on the podcast. Um, Yeah. Thank you for doing it's this. It's epic, yeah. This I'm is sorry. legendary. Yeah, I think it's a legendary thing for you to... It's hilarious. Em emulate your heroes in this way. Yeah. <laughs> this, is I, what it all, we, this is what it builds to. You got it. We hope to be in this position. There's just something so funny about getting a bite. I don't know. With a Celsius, of Yeah, course. with a Celsius, yeah. always. Yeah. Fuck, I, wish I, I can't believe you guys drink Celsius heat. I'm. You have my respect. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't do it every time. I can't believe like, you're alive. Yeah. No, it's it's brutal. But it is, it is way cleaner. I had a bang the other day, and I was like, this... Is too oh, it yeah. bangs too hard. Yeah, yeah. No. that's it's like fentanyl, much. dude. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's you get a bad stuff. bang and you're done, dude. Like <laughs> you don't play with that stuff. You got to test the bang yeah, before exactly. you drink it. Dude. I mean, I feel that way about heat. It does feel like this could this is laced basically, and like I'm gonna get fucked up, dude. Celsius heat. I think I had one, and it was uh, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> I did not. I felt like my heart was going to explode. Well, what are you rocking now? You're rocking tro tropical vibe. That's all they had at the bodega. So I've had to go to this one bodega near the hotel. I mean, there's like three bodegas and none of them had Celsius. It's kind of, they're kind of, yeah. you have in to New find York, the right one. Yeah. yeah. And so I usually just get them on Amazon at home. Yeah. But here I found one on uh, the one near like Prince Street Pizza or whatever mm -hmm. has it, that, that nice bodega. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they ran out of orange, which is my like orange is the is every the one for day. Me right it's now. like yeah. a it's like a like a crush or yeah. like yeah. a you know it's like a orange soda. And they only had peach vibe and tropical vibe. And I think I got one grape, but I gave it to you. I, I took it. I said, I'm do sorry. you want one? And you, and then I, like, it was one of those moments where I saw you grab the grape. Oh, my God. But I didn't want to be that guy and be like, I got one grape. And I was kind of looking forward to having it tomorrow morning, oh God, I'm so like, sorry. before the flight, you know? I'll get you, I'm going to get you now. No, you're yeah. good, bro. But I was like, I was like, be generous of spirit. Be generous <laughs> of spirit. And I was like, just side-eyeing the grape, like, fuck, I'm going to have to drink more, like, tropical vibe in the morning. This is gross. The grape's better, yeah. I've never tried it, but I was like, it was my pre-flight. Oh, fuck. My wake-up. You know, your wake-up Celsius is like... No, I got you. It's I, iconic, you know? Front desk grape ice three hours from now. Thank I got you, you. You don't have to, and it's as long as one of us enjoys it, that's great i mean you're hooking this up for us so i'll hook you up with with no, a great stuff this is really fun and i'm like i i, I love the podcast thank you so much but right before we were recording uh you were going back to the we live in public trailer mm -hmm. and are you down to do a little josh harris or you mentioned maybe that? i will try like, they didn't have enough of him in the trailer for me to like warm up i feel like yeah. but i used to have the opening of the movie like the message to his mom yeah. down yeah, yeah. And that was one of the things we bonded over when we started talking was because, like, Dig is my favorite documentary. And then, of course, I saw We Live in Public and and because of Andy. And, and I was like, I had been developing that as a movie starting probably like tw like 11, 10 years ago or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Like that long ago. Yeah. So it's been around. We've had it forever and we never quite cracked it. And then you and I were talking about, like, 
different reasons why or why not it maybe worked. But like things on real movies are really tough when you try and do someone's whole life. Yeah. My favorite writers who are amazing are Larry and Scott, who did uh, Larry Flint and, and yeah. Ed Wood and stuff. And they're writing Grateful Dead for, nice. for our company right now. And they gave me a great piece of advice, which was like, the shorter, the better of the window of time for a biopic. Yeah. Because, like I said earlier, it to me, they always feel like walk hard or something. Like, every time mm. a door opens, something monumental happens. Yeah. When you're covering someone's whole life, it's like, every time a door opens, they're like, we changed the face of history. Yeah. Instead of, like, Jackie energy, which is just, like, kind of a week. Yeah. That's yeah. watching someone kind of exist. Yeah. yeah. So for we live in public, I think obviously the bunker is kind of like the, the illest the illest part of that story, you yeah. know. So, I don't know, but it's had a bunch of really cool people attached as writers and directors and stuff and we just never nailed it, but I just wanted to play Josh and yeah. Lovey, obviously, yeah. you know. I mean, I think that would be like the greatest performance yeah. of, of our time. Yeah. I mean, I, I surely am interested in it, yeah. you know, and he's such a compelling character. And I used to love to do the whole, I would do the whole video opening to his mom when she's dying. Just like, it was epic. So it's really fun. <laughs> well, it's almost like, how can you top that footage? Because that piece of video is like so harrowing mm -hmm. and compelling. And But I think you could do it. Yeah, I think you can do it. I think you can do, it may not be as, it won't be as awesome. That's why I only watch docs. It's right. like, <laughs> nothing's as awesome as a documentary yeah. about something. And usually I hate when, like, every time a doc works um, and breaks through, Hollywood tries to make it a narrative movie and they always suck. Yeah. They're always trash. Like, I remember forever they were trying to do King of Kong. Yeah. That was a big one when I was, like, coming up like post super bad era like king of kong came out and we were all obsessed with it yeah. and they were trying to do the like get like danny mcbride to play like right. billy mitchell or whatever and you're like nothing's gonna be as good as that yeah but i actually think playing josh could be as amazing as the movie is because it's like um it's not so caricature -y as some of these docs are yeah. when you when you take them out of reality. Totally. Or like they try to do hands on a hard body forever, like mm -hmm. or like heavy metal parking lot. Like whenever yeah. you take these big giant characters lot. out of a dock, it's just so lame. Yeah, yeah. Totally. You know, but Josh is like uh it's basically like making a like a a social network. It's really about like the guy who did facebook but it didn't become facebook yeah you know so nobody so, nobody really knows who he is yeah there's value in that as a narrative story that hits that point harder i think yeah, yeah. totally you know? um well it feels a part of the zeitgeist with like the dropout and all these shows like the we work thing and mm -hmm. there's all this there's stuff so and I'm like, many of where them? is our josh harris well, fucking tv he's show so fucking buck and awesome like the bunkers is so insane yeah, i like, know we told you we we were there right yeah we threw a party in that space not knowing it was the same space and we saw the doc for the first time the week we were playing the party yeah and we saw the like shooting range stuff in the movie oh and then we, we were like wait that looks like where we're setting up the party yeah and we found bullet casings where the fucking shooting range was yeah like, we we're like this no, is the spot psycho. and the building's gone now they knocked it down but yeah. um but any more to your point i think we were talking to rick alberson about this like things kind of a lot of movies kind of overreach what they should be able to do and i think that's kind of why when documentaries get 
adapted into a narrative, they fail sometimes because they try to hit all the points and all the touchstones and still nail all the kind of personal moments in the character in the same way a documentary does. Mm. And it's just, that's not the right way to do that kind of character study if you're doing something narrative. I think you need to kind of set a new kind of limit and a new way to tell the story. It needs to be a completely different thing than what a doc does. Yeah, like to me, one of the movies I had been developing for years and years was Devil and Daniel Johnston. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorite docs and one of my favorite artists. And I was like, oh, that would be an amazing movie. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately, it's one of those things you do when you're like younger. You just think they're cool because you love them so much. But you're like, this doesn't, this shouldn't be a film. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This like, but We Live in Public deserves to be a film because it wasn't like, as zeitgeisty as as like Devil and Daniel Johnston or mm-hmm. King of Kong or something, it was like not that many people know about it. Yeah, right. Um, and it's cooler to me to make like I'm way more interested in the stories that don't become the social network. Yeah. Like why does like the difference between Josh Harris and Mark Zuckerberg is like three degrees of luck. Yeah, right. right? Yeah, right so yeah. it's like it's way more interesting to me to see the guy who had it, but it. But the universe didn't just go his way, you know? He invented the live stream. He had it, like, three times. Like, he literally did it, like, three different times with, like, being ahead of the curve. And then, of course, Lovey and showing up as Lovey and, like, self-sabotage is just so... You couldn't make for better scenes in a movie. Totally. You know, so, yeah, it would be sick. And I would be super down if we ever were able to, like, crack it. But I, I told you guys you should take a crack at it. Oh, uh, we, we yeah. want to. We yeah. really want Can to. Can we? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I told you guys you could. Yeah. I think. Well, I don't have to see. I have to see. But literally, make sure before I say it fully yes. Because <laughs> I think we. Ha- I think Steve Conrad was writing it. Someone really dope was writing it, and then I just think they kind of gave up. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Jerry Stahl. Uh, Jerry Stahl was writing it. I think maybe for a while, but. I would love you guys to. I would love someone who's just obsessed with it just to crack yeah. it. I don't care who it is. I just want to yeah. do it. No, I've watched know? every Q and A with Josh at like yeah. every screening of We Live in Public. Like, yeah, we're, so we're as big of Josh script. heads as you can as you can get. I'll see if. I mean, I'm super down for it. Let yeah. me just talk to Matt. Um, but that, I think what you're saying about luck—that's kind of what I mean. Like, that's the real crux of that story to me. That's there's there's so many people like that um, on a much smaller degree of who. You know, you always hear like your favorite filmmaker's favorite film, your favorite musician's favorite musician. It's people who were too ahead of the curve, yeah. where they actually did lay the groundwork and they were there first, but it was just not the right time, or it, they had. It's all luck, timing of what part of history you fall under. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like, um, you know. Why is Harmony Korean Harmony Korean and the Safety Brothers are the Safety Brothers? Right. Yeah. You know, they're all so talented. Yeah. But I think the Safety Brothers were able to be influenced by, as much by like Billy Madison as they are by like 70s rad movies. Yeah. Totally. And then the culture allows for them to blow up in a different way and still be really subversive right so that's maybe like just a 10 15 20 year difference in when these kids comes out or gems or something right right? so like you know i think it's like literally like timeline stuff yeah and then it's crazy luck and then it's like how much are you willing to operate and and 
play the game. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just so many determining factors, but ultimately yeah. it's all luck. Yeah. Yeah. There's no like- difference between me and another talented person. Right. Yeah. Except for luck, timing, when I fell into the universe, et right. cetera. You yeah. Know? I, I always think about this because, you know, when I was a young, like, teen dreaming of being an artist, I obviously thought, like, all I could think about was one day I'll be able to write the things I've always wanted to write. Then it's, then I didn't think further than that. I'm like, then it's sorted. It's done. <laughs> and then you get, you start actually getting in the game and you're like, Oh, it doesn't actually matter if it's good. It's like there's all these other yeah. factors. That's not yeah. that's not what takes it there. No, and the ability to make something good. Yeah. Uh there's privilege in getting the the right to make something good. Yeah, totally. Right? Yeah. And then there's like you know, I have the ultimate privilege, which is that I'm famous as an actor. Yeah. So, if I direct a movie uh there's eyes on it. That allows the person in charge of who's making the movie to give me more leeway because they want me to promote the movie. Yeah, totally. Because I'm famous. Yeah, right. Right? If you're just a first-time director, they're going to, like, control you and shit on you, and you have no leverage. Yeah, exactly. You're like, great. Yeah. Sorry, we're just changing the bag of vitamins. <laughs> the cool part is I haven't changed at all, and there's nothing different about me at all. And... You know, but it, it, it's true. It's like, well, first of all, there's two parts that we talked about this when we talked last time, which mm. is none of it actually makes you happy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> so forget if you're like Paul Thomas Anderson or you're like the person who directs like deodorant commercials, right, like right. Yeah. you're happy if you're living a good life and you're a good person and you're happy yeah. and you work on that. And you, And then there's like, yes, there's like, timing how you get to protect your movies how hard you're willing to fight how hard you're you know harmony has the best stories of like threatening to kill people and shit like like you know and you can't like do that now right also like an auteur back then was like you know they hollywood wanted that in some capacity Mm. which so they allowed for a little more people like him to sneak through in some way Yeah, yeah yeah um you know, it's just, there's just so many different factors and stuff, and it's all fascinating, and it's all, like, kind of luck, you yeah. know? Yeah, but there's there's a there's a positive spin on, on this, too. I, I don't mean to say that, Justin, like a... It's all know, luck. Yeah, it's like, it's all luck, so, you know, good, you know, good luck, luck out there. But it is all luck. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, your friends are probably, as ta- you know, there's probably a yeah. hundred of your friends that have what great have a taste. better podcast? <laughs> <laughs> that have great taste, that die for movies, yeah, exactly. that love it, that fucking would kill themselves to make something, get the chance to make something. And sometimes, and, and work as hard as yeah, everybody else exactly. works, if yeah. not harder. And yeah. it still doesn't happen for right. them. You know, like... So, yes, you need the talent to be good. Yeah. You need yeah. to be ambitious and you need to like kill yourself to work hard. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the even chance to do that is all luck. Right. But but beyond that, the the positive spin on it is that I'm thinking about is kind of one of the factors in that luck is that you have to be good outside of yourself. Like if you're just a person sitting alone doing something good, big deal. You have to kind of tap into the spirit of the times you're in the spirit of the people you're around physically where you live kind of you just gotta love it yeah you kind of you kind of have to 
get on the people around you's level. And and I think there's actually that's a good thing. I think that makes art better. Totally. I think it's cool what your guys and all the all the people and your you know, young men and women and your your guys' crew out here mm-hmm. that's like all trying to make stuff and be a part of each other's stuff and support yeah. each other. It's massive. Yeah, like it's exactly. a massive part of it of any of it kind of happening, you know? Mine was very lucky, was like me and Seth Rogan and yeah. all those people of like, you know, we we're like young dork comedy writers, mm-hmm. but then that style of comedy, yeah. Judd had a success for many years, got a break, and was like, these guys are sick. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. we hit the right moment at the right time. Yeah, yeah. And we were just like a reaction to like, the generation above us, which was yep. all like big concept, like mm. Jim Carrey can't lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And we're like, that's on how we talk. You know, we were like a little bratty about it, I think, in like privately, yeah. which is lame, but like we were a reaction to that. But we had a crew of people that supported that what we were doing, we actually could stand by being funny. Yeah, you know? totally. You know? Well, you heard it here first, so we're the new Judd and Seth, basically. Yeah. So. I hope I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Those guys are rad, and you're rad, and, like, I think it's like, yeah, what's the difference between Judd and 10 other of his comic buddies that yeah. didn't become Judd? That's that's more what I'm saying. Yeah, totally. like, mm-hmm. ambition, timing, well, there's that, real, time. there's that realization, too, because, yeah, we have so many talented friends, and, like, yeah, none of them have really, like, broken yet, but people are maybe starting to become aware of them but then when we see like what's popular and popping in culture we're sort of like our friend is so much more talent like this the work that they're making is so much more compelling and interesting like i mean dude lol yeah. you're really gonna compare what's <laughs> popular in culture to what's good yeah no i know <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like but even stuff that's like seen as cool in the mainstream yeah because it's cool it's cool in the mainstream is palatable for for people with bad taste yeah mm. and <laughs> yeah. the best ones make stuff that's you know like that's why i like I, I like a lot of mainstream shit so like to me i think it's rad when the best shit is undeniably good and undeniably digestible yeah. i think that's radical like scorsese does that at his of best course, yeah. or like you know um I mean, PTA is the god, but yeah. like some of his movies are not digestible, and yeah. that's rad. I mean, he do whatever the, like. LOL well, I like PTA. when they like do whatever the fuck he wants, but yeah. like, like I do like when things are kind of like they're understood that they're going to be for people, but that's not because the person's trying to make it for people, but their taste is actually. Yeah. Also of the people, right. but still like bulletproof from like the harshest crowd. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really the illest. Like Mike Nichols or is kind of like the taps into something deeply human. Yeah, shoots in a way that's like like stunning actor. The acting stunning, but can still rip like the Birdcage, which is now my favorite movie. Like yeah. that's become my favorite movie because I'm like, this is a mainstream movie. Yeah, that is like hilarious like entertaining joyous looks amazing and is still like of high quality yeah this was like the first thing i got stoked on when i was discovering gus van sant movies when i was younger because you know seeing something like elephant or paranoid park and then in the same breath as like finding forrester which i was like oh this is such a great movie but then seeing these other movies like jerry which were just like these sprawling art films i was like wow he's so goaded 
that he's doing both. He's the best. He's one of my favorite performance I've ever had in a movie was for Gus, which is don't worry. He won't get far on foot and working with him and Joaquin was like the greatest experience as an actor I've ever yeah. had. Um, because Gus is just one of those, like, he's just like a magical kind of person. He really yeah. is one of those dudes that in the best way, the coolest directors I've learned from, they, not that you asked, but they, they, uh, <laughs> I, I did I'm just going to like drop whatever knowledge yeah. I have, but, but they, they do, um, they get out of the movie's way. So Gus yeah. will make a movie that like, I may not even like, right? you know, yeah. but you could tell it was the movie. Right. He didn't like wrestle it into being something different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And Wolf of Wall Street was like that. Like, like the movie became a comedy because of like the way we were vibing. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah you yeah, know, totally. yeah. and like Scorsese just got it. Like just he just saw that's what it was, and he gets mm -hmm. out of the way. So when Gus, like when we were making that movie, I think that movie that we made is really imperfect, but I watched him just let it be. What it was, so you can yeah. kind of see how like, okay, Goodwill Hunting script is like been worked on for years by these guys. It's like a bigger movie. It's like Miramax, all this shit. And you see him go, okay, this is what it is. Right. But then he makes Jerry and it's like two guys wandering around and you're <laughs> like, cool, I'm not going to try and make it for everyone. Yeah. It's two guys wandering around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sick. It's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Well, what you're saying, it, much like the turquoise American spirits, it's, it's got to be organic. <laughs> that's the perfect metaphor it really is <laughs> i was reaching a little bit um, stunning metaphor. <laughs> no it's like the zen approach it's like figuring out what something wants to be and letting it grow into that and exist in the way that you know yeah not trying to control it not trying to fit it into the box that it doesn't fit into um and the confidence to do that is like goat level yeah, like to is. be that confident to be like all right, it's going to be this. Yeah. And when you're starting out and you're making your first couple movies, you're like, you have to be so controlled because you may never get the opportunity yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, right? We just talked about this too. It's like, this is an early artist thing of even on a subconscious level, this like, I have to prove myself thing yeah. that you have going on in your head the whole time that can be at odds with what you're actually making. Because even if you if you're trying to let it well, it's also it's a practical way to think because you do have to prove yourself. To be honest, especially if you yeah. want to make anything again or get any money to make anything, it's you do. But it's that that can be at odds with what's best for what you're doing. Yeah, but you should also, I think, ask prove yourself to who. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Is it proving it to yourself? No. Yeah. Is it proving it to like critics or of quality? Mm -hmm. probably in your guys's case or like the scene and what they think of your work right is it proving it to an audience and success probably should be yeah <laughs> more yeah. so than anything else yeah, yeah, right yeah. and like so it's what part of your ego are you serving yeah uh i'm not like a true i'm as much a businessman as i am an artist and i yeah. like that so it's yeah. cool you know like yeah. i accept that about myself like i i don't i want people to like my shit yeah, <laughs> yeah. i was gonna ask like what's not, not that i would go against myself it's a balance right no, but like i want 
I think my taste is just of such where it's like, I think I like good movies and I also like bad movies sometimes. And I yeah. like, no, totally. I just like, what are, I just ask myself why? Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's like, who are you trying to prove yourself but that's, to? I, I think that's really important. We, ha we have this like back and forth about we this really all do. the time I know. because I'm like, whenever I hear it, like watching interviews with all my favorite artists my entire life, there's always this canned line of like, well, whatever. Like I do it for myself. Like I don't like I just did this for myself. It's like, that's such cope. That's bullshit. It's like, well, you do it just for yourself. It's a hobby. Yes. I love when the audience kicks me in the nuts. Yeah. yeah. I think it's like the illest thing totally. ever to like screen a movie, like test screenings to me. And I've been doing them as like, since I'm 18, mm, yeah. like, you know, I've been doing them since like, four-year-old virgin i would go with judd and those guys yeah, to those yeah, totally through right. like movies i've made as a director producer writer whatever like and i love it i just made a movie with eddie murphy and we test screened it Good. twice and like it was great to get to know where we're, we need what we need to change yeah. it's a comedy i'm yeah. like <laughs> if you don't laugh we got a problem dude yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like there's no me like gaming my way around that yeah yeah like well, for you is that tantamount like is audience is the audience maybe the most important no it's not but it's nice to know yeah yeah and they and i respect them yeah you know I want to make the best movie for myself yeah. with without having complete disregard for that. Yeah, so I'll yeah, never yeah. change like the architecture construct of what the thing is, but I want to give them the best version that they like exactly. of what the thing is that, that I made. That is the way to describe it. Yeah, Because no, we argue about this all the that time. That is what I, me personally, Jonah, I like to do. I think you're right. I think it's just like objective. I'm not no. going to change the DNA or the, yeah, the yeah, like, yeah cause of what it is or the why mm -hmm. but if they if there's a way to get it to be more palatable for them where i maintain my integrity of what the thing is of course i want to give that to them yeah, yeah. yeah exactly as long as it's not like a sweaty corny but there's a then you have to find the fun interesting challenge of okay take their note mm -hmm. uh it might be like something really pedestrian or stupid What's the good version yeah, to get yeah. that same idea to that person who can't digest a certain part of the movie? Yeah. yeah. And comedy is the most straightforward. It's like, that's Laughing why it's kind not. of the yeah. best. It's yeah. like yeah. the great equalizer. Like, no yeah. director can be like, well, the thing is, is like, you know, with like when you're making a drama or like an A24 movie, you can intellectualize or game your way into a bad choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like with a comedy, like you kind of can't game your way into right. they are your boss, mm. which is something kind of like beautiful about that. It where is, you're like, it is. if that kills in a theater, no studio executive is going to be like, cut that joke. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, suck it, dude. Like, yeah. what do you mean? It just it's murdered. I have the audio of the screening. Yeah, yeah. And then if it dies, there's no way I can say, but I like that because society is right. blah, blah, blah. And it's yeah, like, yeah. no, no one laughed, dog. Like, yeah. it's a comedy. You know? like, How do you quantify that, though, in, like, a drama? Like, if you're, ma let's, you're making something that's not funny. Like, well, I mean, mid-90s has comedy in it, of course. But, like, you know, it's more, it's more, a more serious art movie. Yeah, it just, you just, you ride the wave. That's, a, that's just also having worked with so many different, I learned yeah. from a lot of great people. But you love movies, so you, you know what's good. Yeah. Like, I know it's good, yeah. you know? And I can feel, the coolest part is to feel an audience's engagement. You feel their engagement in a drama in a way cooler way. I remember a, a guy who I love, who I worked with, 
told me he was like I was like I was telling him it was like one of my first it was Bennett Miller who made Money oh, yeah. Moneyball. Yeah. He's a good friend of mine and someone shouts. I've I've learned a big shouts to Bennett. So and, and he's taught me a lot about directing. And one you know I was nervous to make Moneyball because I had only made like big comedies and I was and we were talking about before one of the test screenings and I was like I was like I was like um I was like, I don't know, this is going to be cool, but I'm telling you there's nothing like screening like super bad or something right. and have it play like a rock concert. Like yeah. it's the closest thing to feeling like a rock star that like a dorky yeah. actor could ever yeah. feel. Yeah. Um and he was like wait till you feel the silence of like dramatic engagement. Yeah. And you do. And you feel the energy in the room, which is also why screening the movie is amazing because it's like you feel you start to sweat when you're having a when you directed a dramatic scene and no one yeah. is interested. Yeah. Your body reacts with <laughs> Fuck, yeah. flop sweat. Yeah. yeah. And when you directed a scene that works emotionally, you feel people connected to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's harder to make decisions with a drama because you do have to make things ultimately you find interesting. But same thing, you screen the shit out of the movie for smart directors and your friends. Yeah. And they go, this part, I, I you know, you have to just listen. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You know, you just listen to people and they tell you a lot of cool shit about what you're making. Yeah. Um, There's also the effect of when you screen a dramatic movie, there is, an, there is a sonic element where you can hear people shift back into their seat when they're bored. Honestly... I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. You can feel the energy. Bro. Yeah. You can yeah. feel it. It's like I almost now can like touch it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then my I swear to God, I start sweating. Yeah. yeah. Like when I feel Celsius disengagement. Yeah. yeah, from all that <laughs> from all that caffeine. But yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I think you just can feel no, you absolutely can. I mean, as someone who's like performed on stage perform music a bunch you can't see the audience but you can tell when it's working oh yeah we, you know dj'd even that it's like you can't like see out you know but you you can tell when when it's working when it's not that when makes you a lot of sense it it's like it, it's so palpable it's just if you're in touch as yeah i, I don't know just a, i feel it all artist. the time when we do this like i'm like oh, i can sure. feel when it's dipping i can feel when we need to change yes, course that's what makes you guys artists yeah literally is your ability to read like be aware of what's going on. You feel it in a conversation. Okay, yeah. you're on a date and yeah. like yeah. the person's not into you. Yeah. Yeah. Are you gonna like like keep yeah. dating them? No. Yeah. You're yeah. gonna be like, that's that we didn't like each other or yeah. something, you know? So yeah. it's like it's also part of just like human awareness too. Mm -hmm. And I think most people that make stuff are very sensitive to like energy and awareness. Yes, yes. exactly. Absolutely. Totally. It's like intuition, instinct, just like feeling, being observant. Of things that are invisible, which is like people's energies and how they being reactive to the to the elements, which is like why I'm glad you said that about Gus, because I feel like to have made the different kinds of movies he's made, he must be such an emotionally intelligent, reactive person to the elements he's presented with. Yeah, but it's funny because he's so he's like, hi, <laughs> like he's not like as a person. He's I love Gus, like I hang with him, and but he's not. He's he's very like hello. <laughs> like he's not like his movies yeah right yeah. you know like he's not like this like, <sighs> you know, yeah. all these feelings and stuff 
was he's, a Texas guy, right? Yeah, he's just yeah. so epic. Yeah. He's so epic. Um, that makes sense. I mean, I feel like I, get I think that. he's from Portland, actually. Oh, Portland. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, what am I yeah. talking about? Yeah, but um, or Oregon. Uh, but yeah, he's just he's he's Gus rules. To die for is like Elephant to die for. Are my favorite. Yeah, Gus movies for Paranoid sure. Paranoid Park for me. That's yeah. a banger. Yeah, uh, Elephant really did. Just was the first movie that changed the game for me. Blew the lid off. Yeah, yeah, such a such a fucking incredible movie. Yeah, I mean, I love. And he edits his own shit, right? Uh, he like generally, I see like, oh, Gus has the editing credit. Damn. I don't know if he edited the movie we worked on. I should um, say that is also my favorite performance of yours, and don't worry, I, I love that. Thank you very much. So much. I don't really go around like thinking highly of my acting. I think I think I'm like could do anything. It's I don't I don't have confidence in it, but I'm not like I don't. It doesn't like get me off in the night to know that I like did a good performance <laughs> right, or something. Right, right, it just right. doesn't like stick with me that much. But if I ever was like, if like an alien was like. Can you show me something you've done? Yeah, <laughs> like came down right. from Mars, I'd be like, watch this movie because I think it's a good representation of like what I think is the best parts of being an actor. Yeah. You know? And so much of that is Joaquin too. Like yeah. when you act with someone that awesome. So it was just a really special experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Totally. Um I loved it. I yeah. loved it. Well, actually, that brings me to an interesting question that we had been talking about before. Yeah. I feel like, you know. Uh, a musician can relate to an author, can relate to a filmmaker. They're all, you know, different languages that feel kind of similar in the way that you express. But acting feels like such a different mode. It feels like it's... When I talk to my actor friends, we're clearly uh, both using our forms to express something similar, and I can recognize that in them, but it, it feels so foreign to what the other to. art forms. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as someone who's done both, I would love to hear what you think about that. What is the question exactly? Like like what it feels like? Like, like how, I guess, how does it work kind of feeling that kind of artistic fulfillment, feel like you're communicating through acting in the same way it feels when you make a film or do anything else? Now it's all one thing, but I, I don't, identify as an actor right, and I right. don't not because it's like cringe or I don't like it or it's not rad it is I just like the movies I've made like when, like the directors who hated me the most were like Quentin Tarantino and the Coen brothers <laughs> because they're like so writer specific yeah, and yeah, they yeah, like yeah. are so such brilliant writers and I'm like I just make shit up so yeah. like I'm not good at that I'm not good at like being in someone else's painting that's not mm -hmm. what i do and i'm not even i'm not good at it you know maybe i could figure it out or right. whatever but um the things i've done that are like cool to me are like things where you're almost directing your own performance and you're right uh, really a, i'm a writer first yeah, i'm not yeah. even like a director i'm a writer like yeah that's what i do like yeah. That's what I do when I'm acting. It's what I do when I'm directing. Yeah. It's like I write. So, um, well, it's interesting hearing you talk about the Josh Harris thing and like synthesizing that down to like the bunker because like you're doing, you're approaching that from like the writing perspective. It's all writing to yeah. me. Acting is writing, and mm -hmm. I don't like saying like when someone and I'm a writer. And when someone acts for me, I'm like say whatever you want. I don't yeah. care about words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just writing. Like 
all I ever want to do is write for the Simpsons. That's all I ever <laughs> wanted to do. Like, like still to this day, like yeah. I, if tomorrow they hired me, I'd probably just go do it. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> yeah, like all good, you know? So to me, um, it started because I started in comedy, so it's so much of that is improvisational, yeah. right? And I was a writer first. Like, I had a writing deal when I was, like, 19 before I would blew up as an actor, yeah. you know? And I would write on those, like, Judd movies and stuff with them, and, like, it was a fucking blast. Being in a writer's room is still, yeah. to this day, the coolest part of show business. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. It's the most fun. Yeah. You're with 10 other or 8 other, like, awesome minds yeah coming up with ideas and eating lunch yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you're not on set and yeah. it rips and yeah. it's like the best yeah and and especially a, a comedy writer's room right yeah, yeah, like yeah. where everyone's funny so um and then when i started doing dramas and stuff too like cyrus or, or I, mm. I don't know if you want to call them dramas cyrus moneyball wolf of wall street yeah those are all improvisational it's all improvisational work. That's why they work so well. And then, like, even McKay's movie, yeah. I don't really do anything now unless it's like, I'm going to make up my shit, and if you're cool with that, cool, and if if not, cool, then yeah. get someone else, you yeah. know? So it's all writer-based. I do rewrites on horrible movies. It's mm -hmm. the best. Yeah. I love writing. Like, yeah. I yeah. write every day. Like, yeah. um, I wrote mid-'90s. I, I wrote... Uh, Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime, a movie I'm adapting with Jane Anderson. Like, I love writing and writing with other people. It's so mm. fun to me. So, well, it's one of the purest forms of creation or being creative. It's just like pen, paper, computer, whatever. You're just like, it's just dreaming and putting the ideas down. It's yeah. So and if you want to call me an actor, I'm an uh, improvisational actor. Yeah. Like, right. that's like, it's right. so, which is essentially just a writer in real time. Yeah. yeah. yeah totally. Right. Yeah. So, like, call it whatever you want. But right. I don't like, the experiences of acting have not been like, like in the typical sense, have not been like artistically transformative for me. Right. Like, don't worry, he won't get far on foot. Wolf of Wall Street, super bad. It's the like being the person as it's like almost like method writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. So right. those are the moments where like, or you're like, I'm gonna filter this story from my life and tell it through the character. And maybe that's transformative yeah, or something, totally. like how a song would be to a songwriter. Well, right? that performance was transformative for me as an audience member because, like, the character that you're playing is someone that I'm familiar with from sobriety culture and, like, you know, group therapy culture. And, like, seeing it rendered in such a sensitive way was, I mean, like, I don't know, like, do you derive any sort of satisfaction from the fact that, like, that character can break through to someone random like me and, like, that character is, like, meaningful in some way? Yeah, like when you say that, it touches me. I really leave my work out of my life. Yeah. I don't get self-esteem from my work yeah. because I had a lot of success and I had no self-esteem. Yeah. So it like really is separate. Like, thank you. And I'm like touched by that. And this is like a film centric podcast. So I like love geeking out on movies. And if my experiences are cool, yeah. anyone listening learned something cool, that's rad. Um, 
thank you for saying that. Of course, it touches me to hear someone might say like, but that role is very per. Like, there's a lot of shit I wrote in that. That's from stuff that I know about. Yeah. Right. You know, so yes, that touches me. Yeah. If someone comes up to me from mid '90s and is like, I felt like that kid or something, it touches me deeply. But in that moment, but at home when I go home really all life is is the moments when you're alone yeah. Yeah. because yeah. when you're having fun with your friends and your family and it's joyous that's epic if you're having an exciting day at work or some high from work that's epic but it's case specific like what happens when you're alone at home yeah yeah that's life to me yeah. so what makes me yeah. feel good then the nice shit i do for people that day not being a dick like not caring about dumb shit that will go away mm -hmm. and just try and give instead of take yeah, for yeah, as yeah. much of the day as you can. Pretty simple stuff. But like, so I don't go around thinking like I'm rad because of movies for the first time in my life. I think I'm rad because I'm a good dude. Yeah. That's kind of like my shit. Yeah. You know, that's the end game. Yeah. It's kind of what we talked about in like the interview before. Yeah. It's just like, I had success really young and I saw a lot of OGs that are old and miserable and rich. And I was like, uh, am I heading down that path? And it right. like, turns out I was right. Yeah. So like, I was like, this shit needs to stop now. Mm -hmm. What is happiness outside of like shit that you can't control? And then yeah. like, I work with younger people that are starting out making movies, actors, writers, directors, whatever. And my production company, Strong Baby, shout out Strong Baby Productions. Big shouts to Strong Big Baby shouts. We got Big the guys shout. linked up with them. <laughs> um, but, but I'm like, you're sick. You're talented. Yeah. You know, you're going to do whatever you're going to do based on that talent and luck. Yeah. Don't obsess over each opportunity, you know, and it's impossible not, they're not going to do it. It's like if you raised a kid and you're like, don't smoke crack. And if they're going to be in the position to smoke crack, they may have to do it and see what it feels like. Right. Guilty, so, yeah. Yeah, same. So like, <laughs> like, you know, you gotta, you gotta like, it's it. you do your best to try and show your experience, but it's like, fuck, dude, that shit is not going to make you stoked. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's a privileged position to be able to say, it didn't make me stoked. I get that, right? Yeah. But at the same time, if you're talented, you're talented. If you get lucky, you're lucky. Just do, you, you literally accomplish less work by obsessing yeah. over it. Yeah. That's what it ultimately comes down to, so too, is you write less pages a day if you're obsessed at the opportunity you're not getting yeah. at work. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So just be cool and write two extra pages and that actually will advance your work. Yeah. yeah. You know? Don't panic. Dude, I used to obsess all day, every day about who was doing what and what I wasn't getting and what they were. And, and I'm someone who had a lot, like, yeah. beyond. So yeah. imagine, you know, it's just, it's, a, it's also just a sucky way to live. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's why I, I would always wonder when I was a, a young kid, like, how are so many of my heroes, like, depressed? They're, they're, they did it. Like, if I'll, I'll, I'd be the happiest person Well, it can in the world be very to discouraging say. to have somebody you look up to and see that they're miserable. But, it's sort of like, so then it's not aspirational. That's so that's exactly why it. our last talk really meant a lot to me, because I was like, 
he's in a great position and he's now focused on essentially just enjoying his life which I, I kind of see as a vacancy in a lot of people that I do look up to, or I hope yeah, that they well, can get out of that. That's same. A, yeah. Huge same. Like, like, yeah, sorry, but yeah, no, that's yeah. where that com- came from. It's like people you looked up to that you were like, why are they not stoked? I'm like, they're fucking miserable. Yeah. <laughs> because I, and I'm like, what's the point, dude? Yeah, like, yeah, you exactly. know, like. Well, I realize what, what happens is, is people. Not everyone. And yeah. yeah, no. Like, but I'm just saying, like, it was disheartening to see what, the people that had what I wanted as far as credibility, artistically, stature, whatever, all mm. ego-based shit, yeah. not be fulfilled. It's hard to see a goat sad. Yeah. Sad goats are, <laughs> dude, that's what you should call this episode. Sad so goats. True. Sad so goats true. are upsetting is the name yeah. with my pitch for the name yeah, of the episode. That's beautiful. <laughs> and sad goats being bummed is upsetting. Right. Like, you well, know. Because I realized it was like when you, like the way I was thinking, like I just described, like if I had that, I'd be the happiest guy in the world because that's, you're, you're putting all of your, it, it's a way to kind of cope with how you feel to be like, I'm putting all of this in this imaginary future. And the reason I feel bad is because I'm not, once I have that, it all goes away. And then people start to get that and they're the same person and they feel exactly the same. And then it, then that makes it worse. So, so funny. So, so my next movie that I just finished is a documentary about um my therapist and me and my therapist okay but it's essentially to get his tools his visualization tools out to as many people as possible Mm -hmm. on netflix um that can't afford therapy therapy stigmatized in their family whatever the fuck it is you can privately use these tools on therapy right then it kind of devolves into something insane and completely different after that but he has this tool um which is called the realm of illusion, which is basically a snapshot. And we talk about it in the movie and it's essentially like you're a person walking down and there's a snapshot here and it's like 10 Oscars. Yeah. The best wife. Right. Four kids, a house Mm -hmm. in whatever Beverly Hills, whatever the thing is. And, and you work your whole life to get yourself into that snapshot. Yeah. 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 So, most people never get into that snapshot. So the snapshot's dangerous for them because they're resentful of whoever is in that snapshot and they think their life is fucked because they got fucked and they didn't get to go into the snapshot. Mm -hmm. Then there's lots of people who, or not lots of people, the 1%, maybe probably even less, get into the snapshot it doesn't feel anything like they thought it was going to yeah, feel. And exactly. they're literally like suicidally depressed Yeah, because they're like, what now? Yeah. yeah. And I had that. Mm-hmm. And so that's a fucking total stroke of insane luck to get that. But I had it then chased a different one. Yeah. yeah then yeah. got into that and was miserable. Then right. chased it. Th- I mean, basically three or four times did the same yeah. exact thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. So, that's why I made this movie to be like, yeah. hopefully, you know, hopefully people check it out and can like get less depressed from yeah. it. Yeah, know, right. You know, big shout out to that book, The Tools. I've been ripping that audio book. Oh, no way. Sick. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, Phil Stutz, Barry Michaels, The Tools. Check it out. Hopefully, the movie will like contextualize this stuff in a more filmic sense. Yeah, I'm really stoked to see this. I'm really excited to show you guys. Yeah. yeah. So we're, um, we're almost done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
Can I pee? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. How much time do we <laughs> yeah. have? Yeah. Yeah, it's 520. Yeah. Sick. You're just taking an amazing pee after because you have so many, like, fluids. Yeah. yeah. You feel like you just got out all the turquoise and Celsius out of you. <laughs> and we're back. We're back, yeah. Yo, we got, we're dialed. Can you see? Yeah. No more. <laughs> um, it's so funny because I feel like I'm so, uh, I'm constantly, I do drink too much Celsius and I'm over the caffeine and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, when we stopped to take a pee break, I was like, guys, I'm sorry I'm talking so much. All the hipsters in Dime Square are going to be like, God doesn't shut up, man. <laughs> no, that's what they say about us. We don't shut yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> And you, and, but then people even call us sleepy, which I think is hilarious because we're, we're low both energy. so caffeinated all the time. But I'm like, this is the extent of the caffeinated vibe we can get. Yeah, people think I'm zen. I'm like in a constant Italian panic in my yeah. head the whole the well, it's all also day. The, I guess the pitch it's down. Your voice. Yeah. yeah, the yeah. pitch yeah, down the pitch makes down it down really helps. But it was funny when I was peeing. I was listening to you guys talk, and it was like laughing because i was listening it like felt like listening because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you listening to the podcast right. yeah hearing you guys talk from another room yeah it's cool <laughs> right. um but yeah it's really funny i'm i'm trying to think about what it means like in a good way why I, that i'm comfortable doing this podcast is cool <laughs> yeah you know because yeah. it's like i would be when i lived here i probably moved out of here like four years ago i was still in a space of like approval seeking from right. like hipsters and shit mm -hmm. so it's like funny that you left <laughs> it's funny that i left but it's great that i'm healthy enough in myself to like do your podcast because i like you guys and i like the podcast and not think about all the like hipsters <laughs> listening to it <laughs> no you everybody know? everybody knows this is a win if, they, if, yeah. if anybody's been paying attention to us for as long as we as they have been right like, they know this is like an epic win well, for all parties oh it's great i mean yeah. i'm just a fan and i like you guys personally so like helping if it's helpful to have me oh, on yeah. that's I radical mean, of and course. like you know it's also a, i will say people big help. the people who <laughs> listen are like there's there's hipsters who who know about us and like come around, but they're not actually listening. The people who are listening are are way more tapped in. They they like want to hear it. You know, well, what we've mean? always felt like outsiders to the hip crowd. Exactly. But, but that was, that was why we started. Kind of hacked our way in a little bit, but we <laughs> yeah. still feel yeah. like we're not that. Cool. But you guys are nice, and I think that's kind of. We talked about this. Like my friends who started Palace, they're like mm -hmm. you know, yeah. they're like some Lev and shout out Lev Gareth Stewart, all those guys. There's like my friends, and they're. The reason why Palace rips is because they like, they're cool and they're tasteful and they're artistically sound and they're hilarious and they're nice. Yeah. 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 And like Supreme's whole thing is like be a dick. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right? Yeah. And it's like, I grew up around that energy in comedy and skateboarding and it, and it, it fucks your self-esteem in your head up. Right. So like yeah. hipster culture is the same thing. Like when the strokes came out and I was living in New York in like 18 mm -hmm. All I wanted to be was like a skinny stroke, and then I yeah. was like this chubby Jewish dude, like comedian, and it's like that ain't me, man. You know, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like you. I think it's shifting of like wanting to be a part of culture that rejects you. Yeah, culture is mm -hmm. like may, hopefully maybe dying down a little bit. You yeah, know? yeah. Totally. I think you guys reflect that well, where it's like inviting but still of taste and aesthetic and, right. and yeah. value, right? So well, what we said with with John Ruffin. Um, Big Charles, he's he was saying the problem with a lot of beyond comedy, but just kind of 
comedy that is lampooning things or critical of things is that it, if order for that type of comedy to be effective, it needs to have a love for its subject. Yeah. So when you have something that's like, it, when you when someone is is making fun of something out of like anger and spite, you can feel it, and it's not funny, and it's not interesting. Mm. Um, it's like you need to when it comes from a place of caring about the subject, then it is. And yeah, I think, or being a fan. But yeah, exactly. Still making fun of the like like you know what's a perfect example I was thinking about was Pusha T. Have you heard the new Pusha T record? Yeah, yeah. I've been listening to it like nonstop. It's, it's such a fucking amazing record. But I was saying having conversation with a friend, I go, you know, it's funny. It's so good. He's so good. But I could write a Weird Al parody push a T song because it's all yeah. about selling coke or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. like the brick don't dry up, like whatever, you know. But that doesn't mean I'm dissing push a T. Like right. he's mm. one of my favorite rappers and the album's incredible. That's like a roast of love, yeah. but it's truth to the work I love. Yeah, 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 totally. Well, we went through this with the Safties because like we both loved Heaven Knows What. And but right. then you can still make a joke about like the way it was casted and wearing Carhartt and workwear and gritty New York City. Yeah. Right, it doesn't mean it's not amazing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, and I think, I also know what it's like to be the butt of a joke and people are probably like me, but or and they're just being, hor- and, and I, I take, yeah. when, you, when you just, you know, you're still a person, so you may see that and be like so hurt by it right. without realizing that it is even coming from a place of love. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know. So it is it is fascinating. But I, I, I think the Safety brothers are amazing and I could see why like just anytime anyone blows up so hard, yeah. you're just an open target. And if yeah. you're sensitive, I sure as hell am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. Because you're like <laughs> yeah. you finally are like, shit, this is awesome. And then it's like everyone's like taking shots at you and you're like Ow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, dude, stop. (laughs) No, I mean even even came out on the other side strong though. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I I, I'm I I'm happy to be here. Yeah. But it's it's definitely like I know what that's like to be like reading a meme and you're like, that's me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even in the early days, just on our small level, seeing like people on our Discord taking apart things I said, and they even know who I was. I was still like, mm. now it's, I mean, it's yeah. actually interesting now how it doesn't affect me in the same way, but just even having a stranger engage with what you say is like, insane. I know, yeah, I it's know. It's nuts. It's, it's wild, but it's cool. I do feel the love from you guys, even like when I'm part of, uh, that's what I like about it. I do mm-hmm. feel like it's loving even, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, to- I always took it from the jump as, as loving. And when it's something credible to be made fun of is also truly important yeah. in that. Yeah. You know, like yeah. when it's something that is like low hanging fruit or something that's like whack or for me, it's been times about like how I look or something. Yeah, totally. Like, okay. That just sucks. That yeah. just is like, hurts my self-esteem and is a bummer it's also bad joke saying something like in an interview that sounds pretentious (laughs) and isolating it that's hilarious like you know what i mean and like i probably was like caffeinated 30th interview in saying something that sounds completely pretentious and it's like i'm like dude totally yeah. totally fair well they've become our catchphrases and i think the reason we love them so yeah. much is because it sounds like us like we're 
we would say the same dumb shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just can't wait till all you motherfuckers start having to do interviews for your movies. Yeah. Then I'm gonna be, I'm gonna start my own podcast. Sample and I'm gonna us. sample yeah. your 30th interview with like, with like the morning news in Detroit, and you've like done 30 of them, and you have nothing to say, and you haven't slept, and you say one dumb thing. I'm gonna isolate that motherfucker and put a beat under it, and. Start DJing it like you guys do. <laughs> we saying. do drop it in DJ. So I know, yeah. and I can't. I'm just saying, I can't wait till your first press tour. And no, I'm, it's coming back. I am gonna. It like, better come back. You better roast the shit out of yeah. us, dude. Too. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna learn how to use equipment to record it <laughs> and chop it up, <laughs> chop it and screw it. That is what this is all leading to. Is just like we have set us ourselves up for the most epic roast from Jonah Hill himself. Yeah. Can't wait. Hey, bring it <laughs> when on. I was when I when I. When I made mid nineties, you know, it was, it was a lot of young first time actors mm -hmm. and it was very funny because I was like, I was like, Oh, I've been an actor forever. This is going to be great. And it was like, the joke was, you know, when you, when people talk about having kids and they're like, however bad you were as a teenager, you're going to get it back times a thousand. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, yeah, this is going to be whatever. And then it was like, I got it back times a thousand of how troublesome i was yeah, right totally. yeah. when i was like a yeah. young actor i'm gonna fuck with you guys so hard when yeah. you make your <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna do like a mystery science theater 3000 yeah, and watch exactly. the whole entire thing and just fucking be like oh really that's the shot you're gonna use okay all right great <laughs> well we're almost done the first one we can give you the first one i'm look. kidding i'm gonna be I, and the, the the truth is i'm gonna be really supportive and i'm super stoked for you guys ditto yeah. right, we can't wait to see what you do next and I mean, we, you know, we're just huge fans. Ultimately, totally yeah. same. Yeah. And I, but I, 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 I love getting to do this because this is one of the few podcasts I listen to religiously, and it's 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 cool to be a part of it, and it's cool to like get to know you guys better. And I'm, it all worked out like kind of perfectly. It's oh, really totally. awesome. yeah. Felt felt like family. Yeah, it's great. yeah, yeah. Big shouts to Jonah Hill. Biggest of shouts. The happy goat. Yeah. The happy, the happy goat. goat. There you go. Dude, one day. <laughs> you're getting there. I can see it I'm on happy. your face. I'm happy. Yeah. I mean, you're dripped up is what you are I'm right dripped now. up. I'm happy, but I'm not goaded. But I I will take happy over ever being goaded. Dude, you're goaded. What the fuck yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> are you serious? And goaded, goaded. You're by far the most goaded guest that we've ever had. I don't know. Tim Heidecker, dude. True. He's goaded he's, he's to me. He is the actual Yeah, he king. is. Yeah. And Annie Hamilton. Big huge show. She, I don't know her, but she was, your, her episode was amazing. She's incredible. Yeah. Uh, She's That was a great episode. Yeah. yeah. All right, dogs. Thank you, Jonah Hill. This is. Say. Uh, yeah, say some of the catchphrases. Uh, Doritos bags. <laughs> yeah, say. Uh, trash is mad. Well, I don't know. I, I, it's so cringe to me. You can't even like, do it. Do you even it. know how cringe that is to me, dude? Like, that is the most cringe shit ever that that well, my, exists. And you hear it isolated in a song, and you're like, Oh, no. well, my favorite is the one I relate to most, which is if like the sound is off in the theater, I I go mentally ill. Go. Why do you think we're so obsessed because, with that? Because dude, uh, me fucking too. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but it's so like it, it's exact when you do something that you would make fun of with your friends. Exactly. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's it's beautifully horrifying. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the best. But yeah. it's a, that's become such a part of our personal lexicon that we don't even say it in a laughy way. Like when I'm like really stressed out about something and kind of losing my mind, I'm, I'll just be like, 
Dude, sounds off in the theater. (laughs) (laughs) And the funniest one is isolated. That trash looks mad different. (laughs) It's so funny, isolated, (laughs) and is so funny. It's so funny. I get it. Like, I get it. But trash does look so different. (laughs) And it was really hard to get the trash correct. (laughs) It took a lot of time. (laughs) It was all true shit. No, dude, you you nailed it. Doritos bags did look mad different. That's what it was. That's what it was. If you you look up an old Doritos bag, it looks mad different. It looks mad different, dude. Oh, God, kill me. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Peace. Big shouts. Well, everyone, that was Jonah Hill on the Ion Pack. The Ion Pod, hosted by the Ion Pack. That came in an interesting part of the Ion Pack history, which maybe you don't know anything about. Maybe this is the first time you're hearing us. Um, And honestly, if this is the first time you're hearing us, I'm jealous of you. It's like when your friend hasn't seen one of your favorite movies and you're like, wow, you have such an amazing experience ahead of you. That's how I feel towards you, if you're hearing us for the first time. Because there's so much more ahead of you. And luckily, it's very easy to hear all of it and see all of it. Podcasts, videos, so much more. It's all at patreon.com slash the Ion Pack. Go familiarize yourself. Go get ionized. We're happy to have you. It's only $5 a month. And support the show, help keep making it happen, and more than just the show happen. There's a lot in the world of Ion, so patreon.com slash the Ion Pack, and it's all there waiting for you. You already know.